Section 10 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. The Planting of the First Colonies, 1562-1733. By Francis Whiting Halsey section ten the origin of negro slavery in america one in the west indies fifteen eighteen by sir arthur helps the outline of las casas scheme was as follows the king was to give to every laborer willing to emigrate to espanola his living during the journey from his place of abode to seville at the rate of half a real a day throughout the journey for great and small child and parent at seville the immigrants were to be lodged in the casa de la contratacion the india house and were to have from eleven to thirteen maravedis a day from thence they were to have a free passage to espanola and to be provided with food for a year and if the climate should try them so much that at the expiration of this year they should not be able to work for themselves the king was to continue to maintain them but this extra maintenance was to be put down to the account of the immigrants as a loan which they were to repay the king was to give them lands his own lands furnish them with ploughshares and spades and provide medicines for them lastly whatever rights and profits accrued from their holdings were to become hereditary this was certainly a most liberal plan of immigration and in addition there were other privileges held out as inducements to these laborers in connection with the above scheme las casas unfortunately for his reputation in after ages added another provision namely that each spanish resident in the island should have license to import a dozen negro slaves the origin of this suggestion was as he informs us that the colonists had told him that if license were given them to import a dozen negro slaves each they the colonists would then set free the indians and so recollecting the statement of the colonists he added this provision las casas writing his history in his old age thus frankly owns his error quote, this advice that license should be given to bring negro slaves to these lands the clerico casas first gave not considering the injustice with which the portuguese take them and make them slaves which advice after he had apprehended the nature of the thing he would not have given for all he had in the world for he always held that they had been made slaves unjustly and tyrannically for the same reason holds good of them as of the indians unquote. the above confession is delicately and truthfully worded not considering he does not say not being aware of but though it was a matter known to him his moral sense was not watchful as it were about it we must be careful not to press the admission of a generous mind too far or to exaggerate the importance of the suggestion of las casas it would be quite erroneous to look upon this suggestion as being the introduction of negro slavery from the earliest times of the discovery of america negroes have been sent there but what is of more significance and what it is strange that las casas was not aware of or did not mention the Hieronymite fathers had also come to the conclusion that negroes must be introduced into the west indies writing in january fifteen eighteen when the fathers could not have known what was passing in spain in relation to the subject 
they recommended licenses to be given to the inhabitants of Espanola, or to other persons, to bring Negroes there. From the tenor of their letter it appears that they had before recommended the same thing. Zuazo, the judge of Residencia, and the legal colleague of Las Casas, wrote to the same effect. He, however, suggested that the Negroes should be placed in settlements and married. Fray Bernardino de Manzanedo, the Hieronymite father, sent over to counteract Las Casas, gave the same advice as his brethren about the introduction of Negroes. He added a proviso, which does not appear in their letter, perhaps it did exist in one of the earlier ones, that there should be as many women as men sent over, or more. The suggestion of Las Casas was approved by the Chancellor, and indeed it is probable there was hardly a man at that time who would have seen further than the excellent clerigo did las casas was asked what number of negroes would suffice he replied that he did not know upon which a letter was sent to the officers of the india house at seville to ascertain the fit number in their opinion they said that four thousand at present would suffice being one thousand for each of the islands Hispaniola, Puerto rico cuba and jamaica somebody now suggested to the governor de Breza, a fleming of much influence and a member of the council that he should ask for this license to be given to him de Breza accordingly asked the king for it who granted his request and the fleming sold this license to certain genoese merchants for twenty-five thousand ducats having obtained from the king a pledge that for eight years he should give no other license of this kind the consequence of this monopoly enjoyed by the genoese merchants was that negroes were sold at a great price of which there are frequent complaints both las casas and pasamonte rarely found in accord suggested to the king that it would be better to pay the twenty-five thousand ducats and resume the license or to abridge its term figueroa writing to the emperor from santo domingo says quote, negroes are very much in request none have come for about a year it would have been better to have given de Breza the customs duties i e the duties that have been usually paid on the importation of slaves than to have placed a prohibition unquote. i have scarcely a doubt that the immediate effect of the measure adopted in consequence of the clerigo's suggestion was greatly to check the importation of negro slaves which otherwise had the license been general would have been very abundant before quitting this part of the subject, something must be said for Las Casas, which he does not allege for himself. This suggestion of his about the Negroes was not an isolated one. Had all his suggestions been carried out, and the Indians thereby been preserved, as I firmly believe they might have been, these Negroes might have remained a very insignificant number in the general population. By the destruction of Indians, a void in the laborious part of the community was being constantly created, which had to be filled up by the labor of Negroes. The Negroes could bear the labor in the mines much better than the Indians, and any man who perceived that a race of whose Christian virtues and capabilities he thought highly were fading away by reason of being subjected to labor which their natures were incompetent to endure, and which they were almost unjustly condemned to, might prefer the misery of the smaller number of another race treated with equal injustice but more capable of enduring it i do not say that las casas considered all these things but at any rate in estimating his conduct we must recollect that we look at the matter centuries after it occurred 
and see all the extent of the evil arising from circumstances which no man could then be expected to foresee and which were inconsistent with the rest of the clerigo's plans for the preservation of the indians i suspect that the wisest among us would very likely have erred with him and i am not sure that taking all his plans together and taking for granted as he did then that his influence at court was to last his suggestions about the negroes was an impolite one End of section 10